comments made on the Ceratoc Podcast Network are those of the individuals and do not represent Ceratoc Corporation, its staff, management, board of directors, or third-party resellers. Hi, I'm Hope Pavanmeyer, and here with me today is Phil Brooks of Brooks Technology. He's here to talk about his very cool infrared talking thermometer. Hey, Phil. Thanks so much for being here. I hope. Uh, yeah, thanks for calling me, and thanks for uh, helping me with this uh, podcast. Uh, it's pretty exciting, and I look forward to telling everyone about my thermometer. I think it's really neat. I have one and use it quite a lot. In fact, I used it a lot before I moved because I would use it even to measure the temperature of a room. I'm not even sure if that's it's, I mean, I guess before I start rambling on about that, let's talk about what made you decide that you wanted to design a talking thermometer for the blind? Because I know that you're perfectly sighted, yes, and we're kind of a niche market and low income, etc. So what made you decide, you know, I want to do this? Well, it's an interesting story. And, uh, I got involved on a project that was a device for severely handicapped people. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard about Stephen Hawking. He's the physicist who's severely disabled, and I think he can move like one finger or something like that. So he has this device that allows him to speak, and it's incredibly slow, but he can build sentences, and he has little shortcuts, and it allows him to communicate. So I've been a consultant for a long time, self-employed. And a company contacted me to modify an existing product. And apparently the same company also contacted my friend. I didn't know him at the time, uh, James Kubel, who was blind and had done some work with speech synthesis. So the two of us worked together. I never met James, but I talked to him a lot on the phone. And the project lasted about nine or ten months, something like that. And so I got to know James pretty well on the phone. And when the project was all done, he called me up one day and said, Phil, I have something to tell you. It sounded kind of ominous. And he said, well, I'm blind. And I said, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't possibly be blind and do all the things that you do. And so that was my introduction to the world of the blind. And I've, I've since learned quite a lot. And you know, before that, I was your typical individual. The, the blind world basically didn't exist for me. I didn't know anything about blind people. I mean, Sometimes I would see somebody out with a cane and I would think, wow, that must be challenging. But, you know, that's what most people probably think. And so anyway, I've developed a very good friendship with James. I've worked with him on another project. And uh, so James' wife works at the Sacramento Society for the Blind, and she is a cooking instructor there. And so one day she had an accident with a student. It was his first solo run cooking on the stove and he was very nervous and I guess he wasn't sure of the temperature of the stove and he ended up putting too much oil on the pan and because he was very nervous he ended up dropping the food into the pan from some height and so the hot oil splashed oh and it was much hotter than it should have been and so brandy ended up getting severely burned and ended up in the hospital for a couple of days. Wow. And so that was the birth of the infrared talking thermometer. (laughs) (laughs) That would do it. (laughs) Right. I had kind of had the idea in my head before, but I didn't really have the incentive to go forward with it. And that's what gave me the incentive. And previously, James had also said to me once, you know, in my process of learning about being blind, James would share a lot of stuff with me. And he said, well, you know, put on a blindfold and try to cook your dinner some night. Well, I never did work up the nerve. So 
it gave me an idea of how intimidating it must be for someone who's newly blind to actually go over and turn on the stove and cook their dinner. I mean, I would be terrified I would burn down the house. Right. <laughs> or even someone that just has been blind but has never been taught, you know, how to cook. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe they have uh, someone who's been supporting them but can't do it anymore. Or, you know, who knows? Their situation might have changed and they might have to learn to do that on their own. Right. So that's what this device is all about. And uh, it's found a lot more uses than just for cooking, which has been very uh, rewarding for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, as I was telling you, I was using it kind of as a thermostat because the uh, talking thermostat uh, wasn't available at my old apartment. It was just baseboard heating and you had a dial to turn and you sort of hoped for the best. Right. And even if you do have a talking thermostat, it only lets you know the temperature in that room. Yes. You might have other areas of the house that you might want to know about. So if you like, I can talk about the different uses. I was getting to that, actually. So yeah, absolutely. And what makes infrared different than just your normal thermometer? You know, what is it about infrared as opposed to just your... Exactly. And that's a, that's a great place to start. I'm, I'm glad you reminded me. So infrared energy is a little bit like light that comes from the sun that, that makes everything visible. And I know that might be a foreign concept for many blind people, but when you go near your stove, if it's turned on and you put your hand a few feet away from it, you can feel the heat radiating from the stove. That's actually infrared energy. And if you were near something that got super hot, it would actually start to glow like lava coming out of a volcano. It's glowing red hot. And that's the infrared energy that's coming from it. So people who are sighted can see infrared energy when it gets hot enough. If it's starting to glow red, it's probably around thirteen or 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty hot. Yes. If it gets to be white hot, then it's something like 3,000 degrees. And that's wow. what a light bulb is at. They're inside the light bulb is actually pretty hot. So infrared energy comes off of everything, even when it's cold. It's kind of strange to think about. If the temperature of your house inside is, say, let's say 75 degrees, then the wall of your house is probably pretty close to that also. And the objects in your house, unless they have something in it that's using electricity, for example, like your computer, it might be warmer. And so when you touch it with your hand, you'll feel some things are warmer than others. And what you're feeling is the infrared energy. So the infrared energy radiates like light, and the thermometer has a sensor in it that's tuned to the infrared spectrum, if you will. And it can pick it up and measure how much is coming off of an object. Now, you can't really measure air temperature with this device. Air is very thin as compared to a solid object. And so a solid object is going to give off more of an infrared signature. I, I, I'm sorry if I'm if my words are a little too technical. but No, I, no, I, not at all. It makes I mean, sense. Yeah. There's more density than air, for sure. Right. Now, you've been using it to measure the inside of your house, and actually you can do that quite well. If you measure the floor, you'll get one reading, which is usually two or three or four degrees lower mm -hmm. than if you measure your ceiling. You're going to get higher. Yeah. And so, you know, your air temperature in the room is maybe somewhere in the middle. Yep. And uh, it's as simple as that. Now, did you have any questions about the infrared energy? Did I explain that well enough to you? If I'm understanding this correctly, most everything has infrared energy. That's absolutely correct. Now, some objects, depending on what they're made of, 
they radiate infrared energy less efficiently or they radiate it in a different way. For example, if you have your iron that you iron clothes with, it's typically a very shiny metal surface, right. uh, almost uh, chrome in color. It's not dark. It's very shiny. You can measure the temperature of it with this thermometer, but you won't get an accurate reading because of the difference. But fortunately, most objects in your house radiate energy in a way that allows it to be measured correctly. Now, if you're measuring the outside of a pan in your kitchen, if it's a shiny metal pan, you might get a reading that's low. So it's important to know that when you're using it to measure food that you're cooking is to point it down into the container from the top so that you're actually measuring the temperature of the food. Right, instead of just the pan. You mentioned oil earlier. I was going to ask, I mean, I have a deep fryer just as an example, and it just has a dial. It just kind of goes around and then stops. There are no clicks or anything like that to sort of differentiate between, you know, here to this and that temperature. Right. So what I've done before is just taken the thermometer and, like you said, put it up above the oil with it open when it's pretty hot and actually measure the temperature that way. And you have in the thermometer, it's very unique because it's multilingual which is kind of neat for those international people. And I know that there's a mode, and you'll probably get to it, but there's a button, and it's just called scan, and you can hold that down and put it close, and, and it, it'll beep. I think it's faster and faster as you get closer to the surface. That's correct. Yeah, I'll talk about that, and then I'll also quickly cover uh, some of the features yeah. of the thermometer. So basically, the thermometer has three buttons on it. One is for temperature and i'll go ahead and press that now it's pointed to my ceiling so it's and like i said it's pretty warm here in texas so we'll see what it says 85 so that says 85 i'll point it to the floor like i said earlier and see what that says 81 81 so so my room is around 82 or 83 mm -hmm. the next button is called the scan button and what that's for is fairly specific uh, so if you have one of the newer stoves which has a flat cooktop, the glass cooktops, there's no way to physically locate where the burner is. You can't feel where the burner is. Right. Especially if you're learning where things are. So you would turn on the stove, you turn on one of the burners, and you think it's the front burner on the left, but you're not sure. And so, I mean, you can just measure the temperature and find which burner is on. But the scan button allows you to move the thermometer back and forth over where you think the burner is, and it beeps. And so when you go over the burner and you reach the hot area, it beeps faster. And when you go past it, it beeps slower again. So I'm going to try to give you a little demonstration here. I'm, I'm in my office, which is also my makeshift laboratory. Ah. <laughs> I guess the term laboratory is kind of a stretch because I'm, I'm not a Scientist I was going to say, he's a mad scientist too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm an engineer and I design electronic stuff. So I have various tools. And this is a, actually a soldering iron. So it gets pretty warm. So I'll try to oh, they do. demonstrate the uh, scan function. Okay, it starts off really slow. And as I get closer, you can hear it speeding up. Right. And closer still. And then as I go past it, it slows down again. So going back again, basically you can listen to the rate at which it's beeping and you can very easily and very quickly determine where the center of the burner is. 
And then, you know, using uh, muscle memory, you know, you remember where you were holding the thermometer and you can then place the pan pretty accurately. With a little practice, you can get it right on the uh, burner. And that is neat. Uh, so that's what that was designed for. One of the other key features is, of course, when people get new products, and if you're blind, it's pretty hard to read the user manual, even if it's in electronic form. You have to load it to your computer, you have to get your screen reader going, and it's not the easiest thing. Right. And, and a lot of documents are just not designed for screen readers, and so it's always a challenge. So this device has a built-in tutorial. And I'm just going to go ahead and play that. So what happens is if you order one of these things and you get it, it has a little ribbon that keeps the batteries from being uh, making a connection. So you take out the ribbon, and then the unit will start speaking. And uh, so you put the battery in. 1.1. 1. 1. Press any button to start introduction. So it first thing it says is the, um, the software revision, uh, which is useful for me if there's a problem with it. And then it tells you to go ahead and press any button, which I'll do. The temperature sensor is located on the end of the device near the speaker. There are three buttons located below the speaker. Temperature, scan and mode. To read temperature, press the button closest to the speaker while pointing the device. To scan for a warm or hot object, press the second button. The beeping tone indicates the temperature. To change mode, such as Fahrenheit or centigrade, or language, use the third button. The device will shut off after three minutes of inactivity. To reactivate, press the temperature button for two seconds. To hear this introduction again, remove and replace one of the batteries. 84. So that was it. I mean, it's a very quick tutorial, but it's a very simple device to operate. And if you didn't quite catch it the first time, like it said, you just replace one of the batteries and you can listen to it again. And, you know, you can play with the buttons. You can get it into different modes. You're not going to break it. I'll demonstrate changing from Fahrenheit to centigrade. So what I do is I press the mode button and it gives instructions. Press the temperature button to change between Fahrenheit or centigrade. Press the scan button to change the language. So you don't press need the to button again when finished. You don't need to wait. Uh, you can go ahead and just press the button that you want. So I'll press temperature. Centigrade. And now we're set to centigrade. So I press mode again and that locks it in. Finished. 29. And so now it's reading the temperature in centigrade. You can confirm that when you take a temperature reading, if you hold the temperature button down while it's speaking, it'll tell you it's degrees centigrade or Fahrenheit, if that's the case. 29 degrees centigrade. You can also change language, which I'll do. Press the temperature button to change between Fahrenheit or centigrade. Now I'll press the scan press button. The scan button. Espanol. That's Spanish. And that's French. We'll listen to French for a minute. Now, I don't understand French. I had to get help translating this. <laughs> I did say 29. <laughs> that's okay. about all I remember from my school French. So I actually had a person visiting who, he was French and he lived in Spain. So he was fluent in French and Spanish. And Oh, wow. He confirmed to me that it said everything mostly pretty correctly. He said some of the pronunciation was just slightly off. He said, but it was good. So again, pressing the mode button. So now that's centigrade and back to English. English. Finished. 
29. Oh, let's try Fahrenheit. Press the temperature Fahrenheit. Finished. 84. There we are. Back to where we were. Um, so the other kinds of uses that it's good for, um, you can measure all kinds of things in the kitchen, obviously. Uh, but things as simple as, you know, making a cup of coffee. Um, if for whatever reason, uh, some some folks are not able to sense heat properly, or if they're cooking for somebody else, they don't want to serve something that's too hot or too cold. And so this is great for making sure that you're serving your dishes at a palatable and also a safe temperature. You can use it to test the bathwater. If your kid's been out back playing and he's needs to be thrown in the bathtub, you know, you can do that, but you can make sure that the temperature is safe for them to get into. People have also used this to check their air conditioning. You can hold it near the air conditioning duct. Now, as I said earlier, it doesn't measure air temperature directly, but if the air conditioner has been on for a while, then the metal material of the duct will have reached roughly the same temperature as the air. And so you can effectively measure the temperature of the air coming out of the duct. One fellow bought it. He was in Ohio. It was in the wintertime, and he was trying to figure out why his room was so cold. And so he was able to take this device and scan the walls of his house, and he found several areas which were cold. And he later had someone come in and check that, and it turns out that it was an older house, and the insulation had kind of sagged. So he had open areas inside the walls, which he then had fixed. That's really cool. I also had a blind auto mechanic order a couple of them, and he uses them in his shop to measure water temperature, oil temperature, exhaust temperature. He said that he can even tell if an engine was running rough by measuring the exhaust temperature of each exhaust pipe you know, inside the engine. He could tell if one of the cylinders was running hot or cold. And I thought that was very ingenious. Definitely. So the uses are limited only really by your imagination. Now, one time, a personal experience, this was a few years ago, um, a doctor had prescribed some medication for me, and I was having a problem with it, and it was affecting my circulation. And uh, one, of, one of my legs actually was about five degrees colder than the other. Wow. And... I went to see him, and he felt my legs. He said, well, they feel the same to me. And so I pulled out my thermometer, and I showed him. (laughs) So it's not a medical-grade thermometer, but you can get a rough idea of of what your temperature is. Now, for someone who is a diabetic, that might actually be a useful tool because diabetics often have circulation issues. And if they think they're having a problem and they, they feel like they're having trouble convincing their doctor or someone else, they can do a comparative reading. They can measure one side of their body and compare it to the other side. And uh, so it's, it's uh, actually very useful for that. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's just neat. Have I missed anything? <laughs> You've kind of covered it. It's a really neat device. You might have piqued people's interest. Where can they go and get it? Great question. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> My website is uh, www.and it's spelled pretty much like it sounds. Uh, brookstechnology.com but it's brooks-technology.com and I'll and I'll spell it slowly b r o o k s dash t e c h n o l o g y.com 
Now, there is another website out there with just Brooks Technology, and I've had some people go there and then later call me and say, hey, your website isn't working. Oh, no. So that's the one difficulty with that. But people can order it on the website. Uh, I've had several people use it that are blind, and they say they have no trouble navigating it. And, you know, that would be, of course, for people that are good with uh, JAWS or other screen readers. Um, If someone wants to call me, they can. And I would be glad to take the order for them. The the number that they should call is area code 408-781-4577. And because I really appreciate you and, and Serotech doing this podcast for me, I've set up a discount coupon on the site. And so when the site prompts you for the coupon, all they have to do is type in Serotech in lowercase, which would be S-E-R-O-T-E-K. And what that'll do is that'll give you a 5% discount on the price and it'll give you free shipping. Hey, look at that. Yeah. That's awesome. The list price for the device is $119.95. And I know that's a little pricey for a lot of people and I really wish I could get it lower. But the thing is, you know, my volume is not huge. And, you know, so it's made here in the United States. And in fact, I do a fair amount of the assembly myself. And because the volume isn't that large, you know, the parts are a little expensive. Sure. So that's the only problem I have. I wish I could sell it for a lower price. Yeah, but you know, you're getting good stuff. It's in home directly by him. So, you know, right. there you go. You know, it's not being sent off to some huge company. He knows exactly what you're getting when you get it. Yep. Oh, you know, there's one thing I didn't mention. I didn't give a physical description of the device. It's kind of like a small television remote. It's about an inch and a half wide, about an inch thick, and it fits very nicely in the palm of your hand. It's about about five and a half inches long. It has a speaker at one end and then three buttons on the front surface. The speaker's on the front surface as well. And then the infrared sensor is at the top of the unit. And to use it, you simply... Point and shoot. Sounds easy enough. I know I didn't have any trouble. Good. Excellent. So everybody should go out and buy one because even if you don't cook a lot, as he said, there are multiple, multiple uses for it. I still love mine. And this always makes me laugh. Now, don't fall asleep after you've checked the temperature of something and then wake up because you hear beep beep because it's turning off. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, So... In the introduction to the device that it plays the little tutorial, it says it will shut off and then to activate it again, you have to press the temperature button for a couple of seconds. And that's because I found a lot of people would put this in their pockets or ladies would put it in their purse and you know the buttons would get pressed accidentally and they, they would hear this voice coming out of their purse. So it was a little disconcerting. Yeah. Nope. That makes sense. <laughs> it was just funny. I was like, oh, it's just a thermometer. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) So if anyone buys one of these things, it's basically a lifetime guarantee. If it breaks, uh, I'll send you another one, as long as you send me back the broken one. If you've dropped it into a pot of oil by mistake and it's kind of half melted, um, you know, we can negotiate on uh, what what I'll charge to fix it. (laughs) If at any time in the 30 days after you purchase it, you don't like it for any reason, uh, you just feel you don't need it, you can return it and I'll refund all of your money. Well, that's cool. And again, go to the website and don't forget that coupon code, Serotech. Yes, absolutely. In all lowercase. Yep. And if anyone has trouble getting the info into the website, like I said, I'll be glad to take the call personally. That is awesome. 
thank you for talking to me today about this. Thank you for creating this and whatever other project here. I've actually had um, you know a lot of fun making it. As I mentioned, I've been a consultant and I have designed parts of products for other companies. You know, typically, I would design the electronics and do the programming. So this is the first product I've actually done for myself to sell as a product. So it was actually challenging and very interesting to design the whole thing. You know, including the case, the way it looks, and to come up with something that that looks nice and works well. So it was very satisfying. That's excellent. Yeah. I love mine for sure. You guys will love yours. I promise. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> All right, Hope. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate uh, your help with the podcast today. Thank you, Phil, for, for, like I said, for talking to me about this and letting everybody know. All right. Because it's worth knowing. <laughs>